0: Welcome to First Baptist Church, Sun City West. Thank you for joining us on this Sunday. We look forward to our continued series on the book of Ruth. This morning we are talking about giving beyond expectations. The scripture tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Then all the way in the Old Testament, the book of Ruth chapter 2 verses 6 through 9 says... The overseer replied, she is the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till Nile, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field, and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the harvest where the men are harvesting, and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you, and whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. And then looking over at verses 15 and 16. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men Let her gather among the sheaves and don't reprimand her. Even pull out some of the stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up, and don't rebuke her. Please join me in prayer. Father, thank you for the time that you've given us this morning to focus upon your word, especially as we look at the situation with Ruth and Boaz and how you worked in both of their lives. And Father, at the same time, give us lessons in the realm of generosity in fact, giving beyond expectations. Give us insight, Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, the moment you wake up in the morning, you have a choice to make. Are you going to be happy or are you going to be grouchy? There's a lot of reasons for either one, but we have to make that choice. I mean, if you don't get a lot of sleep, if it's been a bad night's rest, you're probably going to be a little bit grouchy. If you don't hear, smell that coffee brewing, well, it just might be a very difficult day. But once you take in that morning, Joe, then it's probably going to be okay. Sometimes what we feel or the choices we make about happiness or not being happy in the morning could be because what we know we're going to face in the day ahead. It seems that our happiness is often based on what the potential outcome of events will be rather than on the provisions that we already have. I think that that is something for us to really consider today. It doesn't take much to sway us from one end of the happy spectrum to the other. It seems like that we make choices based upon our outlook for the day rather than what we actually already have. I think the same principle is often true when it comes to our generosity. Too often we base giving Decisions on potential outcomes rather than on the riches that we already possess, so today, as we discover even a deeper facet of generosity, we must begin seeing life out of a lens of what can I give rather than what can I get or what is owed to us in First Thessalonians chapter five and verse eighteen. Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, the church at Thessalonica had very little, materially speaking. Uh, They were not wealthy, and yet they were ones who could give thanks. When the apostle Paul wrote about them or wrote to them, uh, without a doubt, he knew their heart. He had lots of interaction with them. But even in their lack of material possessions, they became known in the early church As a church that was grateful and a very generous people. During the birth of the church it was the church at Thessalonica who was lauded at giving more than expected. The ancient city of Corinth, the church there, was just beginning to understand what it was like to be a church. Now Corinth was a crossroads for business and trade. You might consider it ancient, uh, an ancient metropolis concerning commerce. There were people coming from all directions on the trade routes. Business was booming, and the commerce was great. It was in this type of setting that the church that gathered together needed to learn about generosity. When the Apostle Paul chose to write them in the Corinthian letter, he focused his attention upon what the church at Thessalonica did, not to say, you need to give to Thessalonica, but to say, here is an example of what you ought to give. Listen to see what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1-5. through He says, and now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given to the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy, their extreme poverty, welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. Here, the church at Thessalonica, they were a group of God's people who had taken stock of what they had. And they could come to the place with what even little they had, they were willing to give it away. Now, how in the world does that take place? How does one or a church like that come to that decision? Well, I think Paul nails it when he said that first they gave themselves to the Lord. You see, that transforms our lives. It's not a matter of, well, how much can I give? It's, can I give myself to God and then whatever God wants to use and to use through me to do, be generous to others, to help, well, it comes naturally. Much of what we see in the church at Thessalonica, we see in action in the book of Ruth as well. In both cases, we find unexpected generosity under unexpected circumstances. In Ruth, we see people giving more than is expected. And as they gave, the impact had farther-reaching implications than they could ever imagine in a hundred years. Let's look at a few of the principles from the book of Ruth that teaches us to give beyond what is expected. First, we find that Ruth gives her presence. Generosity, I believe, is mostly associated with financial gifts. And I don't want to diminish that at all here, but I do want to focus on Ruth herself because it is Ruth that has given herself first, before any material possession. Of course she didn't have material possessions, but the greatest gift she could give was herself. In that passage from Second Corinthians chapter eight, the church of Thessalonica was able to give more easily from what they had because they had first given themselves fully to God. It says in verse five, They gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. Likewise, here in the book of Ruth, we see that she gave herself when faced with a difficult choice. She gave herself away to Naomi. Those women were forever bound by a shared grief. Naomi had lost her husband and both of her sons. And here we find Ruth. Well, one of those sons was her husband. But in this season of loss, we find that it was going to give way to a season of generosity. Ruth could have easily made a choice to stay with her own people in the region of Moab. She could have stayed close to her relatives, among her own ethnic people, living in her own culture. But she looked at the face of a lamenting Naomi, and something changed in her radically. Remaining home in whatever security might have given her was insufficient for the solution for the circumstance in other words she could have been very comfortable staying in Moab with her family but that was not satisfying to her there's something in her that said it is more important than I give myself to Naomi generosity moving outside of our comfort zone she chose first her presence Ruth chose to give her life to the care of Naomi. So wherever Naomi would choose to live and worship and die, that's exactly the way it would be with Ruth. In fact, Ruth calls in Ruth chapter 1, verses 16, the latter part of verse 17, she calls for a curse upon herself if she fails to live her present life and remaining life taking care of Naomi. Isn't that a powerful statement? She chose to leave everything of comfort and security behind. And she gave herself fully to the care of Naomi. God was working. You see, generosity does not begin with our bank account. It begins with our very lives. Ruth saw a need in Naomi's life and fully understanding the potential personal loss she would encounter she chose instead to meet Naomi's need for support and family Naomi had no one Ruth said I'm your family you know surrounding us each day of the week are people desperate for the generous presence of God's grace and it will come that grace through you and me As temples of God's Spirit and serving the body of Christ in this world, it is the intention of the Godhead that His people walk into the lives of people who are needy and make a difference in those lives. But this sort of giving where you are intimately involved in the lives of those who are needy oftentimes can become a messy endeavor because you're mixing your life with the great needs of those that are outside of your life. Now think about that for a moment. That was certainly the case for Ruth as she entered Naomi's life. Naomi was grieving. She was hurting, unable to provide for herself, and yet yet Ruth chose to give herself fully and worry about the provisions and Naomi's extreme needs later on. The point was, she saw Naomi's need, and she immersed herself in Naomi's life. Discovering the core of generosity will entail giving up one's life first, not second, not later on, not when you just find the right cause. Generosity demands your whole being. Ruth is a wonderful example of the kind of life of generosity that we ourselves Should invest in. Secondly, we find in this passage of scripture that Boaz donated extra. Boaz plays probably the most critical role in this book of Ruth. He does more than is required and more than is expected of him in regard to Ruth, even from their very first meeting. It was the common practice of the day for landowners and farmers to give to the poor. However, it's done with little effort and zero contract. They didn't have to get their hands dirty with the needy people. They just left some stuff out there for them to glean. During the harvest season, the farmers would often instruct their laborers to cut a corner in the harvesting so that there would be some grain or vegetables or some other kind of crop in the field. And those in the community who were impoverished would be able to go to those fields and harvest whatever leftover bounty there was or whatever fell off the the workers' carts. It was a practice known as gleaning. At the right season, Ruth came to Naomi to go and ask, said, May I go pick up leftover grain? Naomi gave her consent, and Ruth did the only thing that she knew to do to provide for the grieving mother-in-law. She went to the field to take the leftovers of a more prosperous home. In the story before us, we find that the landowner is not required to do so, but Boaz goes the extra mile Physically, he ensures, along with other gleaners, that they will receive more than what is expected. When Ruth is out in the field and out of earshot from Boaz, he tells his workers to actually leave more in the harvest so that she can find it and they will be provided for. It's kind of a fascinating moment in human history and behavior, Because here, Boaz chooses to take less money, less profit. He willfully chooses to give up on his bottom line of his business for the sake of a foreign woman whom he barely knows. But he sees that she is in trouble, and she has committed herself to one who lost her husband, who was a member of the Israelite family. It touched his heart. How does that compare with our giving today we look at boaz and how he saw an opportunity and he donated rather than what it was expected more we too often look at ways to donate less than expected especially giving in time in these financial times that we live in it goes against conventional wisdom to give more we all seem to try to tighten our generosity belt up But without physical contribution, generosity will never meet its full measure. If we go on a mission trip to a third world country, it's not just to spend a week rubbing arms with those who are the poorest of the poor, but we are there to encourage them and to inspire them. We have more and they have less, and so therefore we should give. In fact, you know, the slightest fraction of our bank account could tremendously change the lives of so many in third world countries. And that's also true with the families in our area, Sun City West and beyond. There are those that need help. Sure, there are some that need an entire financial makeover. Many are in need for a better paying job outside of our four walls here in Sun City West. But some people, they need relief from debt. We have some people within our walls that are living paycheck to paycheck, Social Security check to Social Security checked. And, you know, there are some around us that just need a momentary reprieve from the financial pressures. There was something unexpected that happened. We can be the ones to come and to donate more than is expected to help those needs. We see that's exactly what Boaz did. He saw the need. It touched his heart. And he went beyond, above and beyond. You and I can choose to have a bit less so that others can make it, can have more can move above the poverty line. I think also in this passage we see that Boaz donates dignity. He didn't just donate above what was expected, but he gave dignity in his gift of generosity. Boaz came to inspect the work of the fields and he took notice of Ruth. Instead of shunning her or even telling her to get out of the field altogether, Boaz treated her with dignity. And perhaps this is the first donation which we should take note. That when we see those who are in need, that we don't look down on them. We don't say, Well, I wonder how they got there and what they did to get here. You know, I think, as stated above, generosity does not begin with the bank account, but it begins with the heart. Our heart needs to be changed. It's just not about the money that we give generously. It's about the motive of our heart, how we care, how we have unconditional love. In the donation of dignity, we find that it's the very first expression of generosity. It's, it's dignity, not money. We want those who, who are not as well off, those who find themselves in need, whether it's momentarily or whether this is a consistent thing because of something that happened in their life. We need to be able to come and lift them up and encourage them and let them know that they are worthy. Here we find that Boaz took notice of Ruth and the first thing he did was give her dignity. He spoke to her even though she was an immigrant to the country. Boaz recognized her personhood before he saw her ethnicity or her nationality as a Moabite. Boaz first saw a person who had worth rather than a person who had need when we look at people and people in need we need to value them and raise their dignity and it comes from our heart and only Jesus can do that anybody can write a check but where's the heart in it we need to encourage and uplift people that are on the down and out those that find themselves in need because they're already dealing with great self-esteem issues anyway So we find that Boaz provided protection and respite. He said to Ruth that she could share in the benefits of being with the younger women of the family, those that were part of his his workforce. Beyond that, we find that Boaz ensured that she would be protected from any harassment from any of the men that worked with him. That kindness toward Ruth elicited an emotion And reaction that is far too normal. Well, she said, Why me? I I don't know if that rings true in your mind, in your heart, if you've ever been a recipient of something that was unexpected, some generosity from someone or somewhere that was unexpected. The very first emotion is, Well, why did I get that? Why why am I worthy of that? That's what Ruth was saying. Well, why me? A Moabite, an immigrant and dirt poor taking care of my mother-in-law and just trying to survive. There's a moment when we say with Ruth, when something has happened to us, why would you take notice of me? That's what Ruth said to Boaz, the landowner. Why would you invest in me? And then we'd probably blush with embarrassment. Well, that's, that's really sweet of you. Perhaps it is why we at times are hesitant to to extend our hand of generosity as it's an emotional mess sometimes, but it's spiritually necessary. It's awkward at times to try to figure out a way to help somebody who is in need and lift up their dignity and their self-worth, help them to understand that they are a creature of God created in His image. And we're just coming alongside to help because God is using and working through us To provide for them. Boaz goes so far as to tell his workers in chapter 2 verse 16 don't rebuke her. The transition we see in the generosity of the life of Boaz is that he's willing to give away resources all day long but never as a replacement to the manner in which the generosity must be distributed. What a transformation in his life. And that can be a transformation for all of our lives. That we not only are willing to give generously, but the manner that we do it, raising the level of dignity of those in need, will make all the difference. True generosity treats people in need in a new way. Rather than perceiving them as a burden, they are given great worth. Those who are on the verge of a breakthrough. This is all they need to move forward. Rather than perceiving them as a burden, as people who are poor of resources or poor of heart, we must show that they are never poor of worth, of dignity. Boaz looked upon Ruth in the midst of her poverty And we see that that's the way God looks upon us. You see, we are beggars of grace. We are needy for mercy. Every one of us are poor before the righteous, almighty God. And it was his generosity and his unconditional love from his heart that lifted us and valued us and dignified us and allowed Jesus to come. Not when we were good enough, but when we were in the midst of our trespasses and sins, he still came. When we were his enemies, he still came. God knows it's the state of our souls and the state of our lives. For our lives, he's provided the church you know, just as the early church met together, they also gave together. You go back into Acts chapter 2, verses 44 and 45, we see that nobody went wanting. If there were needs, they were met. Instead of believers giving, uh, they, they gave up personal possessions to help those friends, those fellow believers, both new ones and older ones, friends and new friends within the body. Their heart changed. And so, God knows that our lives need to change. And we need to invest. And we need to be generous with this body and others in need. For our souls, well, God has provided His Son. Jesus has done all the work necessary for our redemption. It is the apex of generosity, what He has done. It is the very pinnacle of anything that any person could do, and that is that God first gave his one and only Son. Is The Son of God has given his presence in the incarnation, and he has donated extra through his death and his resurrection. The debt he did not owe, he has nonetheless paid on our behalf. He has eradicated our sin if we would choose to call upon him. What was rightfully his own, that is his life, he laid out for you and for me. And we became his beneficiaries. He has reassigned dignity dignity to us. He said, you are of value because you're created in my image. And yes, you have sinned, and you've disobeyed me, and you've separated yourself. But even in the midst of that, I am coming and will give my life. Reassigned dignity to us. While we stood outside the kingdom of God as its enemies, utterly stained in our sin, it was Christ, the sinless one, who died for us. And Christ has now risen for us. We are heirs of his generosity. Generosity. So you and I face the challenge of making this transition to charity, to true generosity. Not only physical generosity, giving to those who are in need, but elevating them to the place of dignity and of worth. We need to move beyond what our expectations are. Ruth did this for Naomi. Boaz did this for Ruth. Christ did has done that for us. And now, we as the church of the living God, we must do that to each other. And for this city and even the world, they have need of our generosity. The generosity of our heart. But first, we must give ourselves. And that's the challenge today. Are you willing to give yourself first? Because if you do, truly, if you allow Christ to be your Savior... And as a believer in Christ, if you allow him to be the Lord of your life, I promise you that you will change. You will never look at those in need physically, emotionally, or spiritually the same way. But you'll have compassion. And you'll show you the generosity of your heart by investing in their lives and helping them in so many ways. Again, Paul said of the church at Thessalonica, first, they gave themselves. We look in the book of Ruth, she gave herself. And I wonder this morning if you would give yourself. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, this morning is the time that you can do that by just asking Him to come into your life. You know that you're a sinner. We all understand that we are all sinners. But he died for our sins was raised for our justification and he just asked that we ask him to come into our life and take our sins away and allow his spirit to come in and live with us and therefore we strive to be obedient to him would you give your life to christ this morning and believers i'm asking you would you give yourselves first first to the heart of god and let him work generously through you To meet the needs of people not only in this congregation and this region but around the world commit yourself today father we come to your presence and we thank you for this beautiful love story and the greatest love story because it represents your love for us through christ this morning help us to give you first place in our life by whatever decision needs to be made. But God, help us not to walk away this morning without giving ourselves first to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.